So, Craig, when you had this idea for, for Sonar and Freight Waves, what was, like, the first step that you took? Because I know you raised money. Could you tell us, like, about the process of, like, like my idea to, you know, actually making it a company, how it looked like? So, I remember I was working for a Gosh, I think, I'm trying to remember what they did. Employee, I mean, it really wasn't a great career. So it was like employee <laughs> engagement. And I just met my, now my wife, and I told her I was, I, I wanted to quit my job. And as a founder, and this has probably happened for you and other founders, is you just get this sort of like, I don't know, this feeling that you're onto something and you just can't stop it. And I think a lot of founders do, you sort of get these ideas and you have them for a couple of days and then you sort of become disenchanted with it. I, there was something about this that I just kept going. And I remember I went home and I told my now wife, who we were just dating, only know each other for a couple of months, that I want to quit my job and start this business. And she's like, I've just met you. Like, I'm leaving New York City to move to, I lived in Texas at the time, moved to Texas. How, like, what are you talking about? Like, what are we going to do? I'm quitting my job in the city. And just became this thing. And I'm like, I'm doing it. And so uh, she said, well, hold off. And so two days later, I was like, yeah, I quit my job. I turned in my notice. I'm, I'm doing it. Like <laughs> burn your bridge, you know, burn your ships and burn the bridges yeah. and go. And I did. And um, I called up a couple of friends and said, hey, I need to raise money. And, you know, raising money is no different than any other sales thing you do. Is it just, you literally are networking, networking, networking and asking for introductions. And there's no science to it. It's just, there's no like art to it in the sense that it is literally a numbers game. And you make enough, you pitch enough people like you would a product. And eventually, hopefully you'll find somebody that likes your idea or at least likes you enough to help you shape the idea. And that's what happened. So we were able, fortunate to find a, a high net worth individual in Texas that within like 60 days of, of starting the business, wrote us a check it was a loan. It was a $2 million loan. Uh, they now have been paid back 100% and they got 25% of the business, which, which, you know, $2 million to write a check for a PowerPoint presentation seems like a really good deal. And I, at the time it felt that way. Now it feels like a very expensive deal because I know how much ownership they have the company and they've got yeah. their money back. So, but, uh, you know, we just went out and networked it and raised money and that set us on our way. And, you know, the business took a while to sort of figure out what we wanted to do. We tried a number of things. We actually had a freight brokerage at one point. Uh, really? that Freight waves? Was yeah. Freight brokerage? It's called uh, Now Freight. Okay. Uh, it was a small freight broker uh, that we did in the earliest days. And we, with that? we sold it off. We shut it down. It never really made money. It was, okay. uh, uh, and so we showed that off. I mean, it was, it was a, I think we were in it for like four months. Uh, in the okay. early days of starting a business, you do a lot of things. You're like, oh, sure. we're going to do all these things. And you start chasing yeah. all these things. And eventually you're like, okay, I need to figure out what's actually going to work. And so we to get media, sort of the earliest days of Freightways, to get to get media presence, um, we, we, we went out and talked to a lot of PR agents to sort of cover the story of Freightways. Or at the time was our futures market and our data products. And... We kept getting turned down, and I came across this one publicist that said they would take us on for forty thousand dollars a month. And you're like, that's a lot of money. That's like half a million a year. Like, I'm not paying that. And I think he just he priced it that way. The guy priced it because he didn't want to say no. So it's sort of like in freight brokerage, 
a load that yeah. you don't want, you price really expensively and hope that the customer doesn't take it. But if they do take yeah. it, you're like, okay, I'll, I, I'm happy to, to deliver it. Yeah. Um, but we ended up finding this person and we balked at it and they said, look, you should do your own press. Topic's really difficult and you should write your own content. And so we put out an ad and Brian Strait, it worked at Flea Noter Magazine, applied for the job and he came on and we said, look, we just want you to write about the market. We want you to write about the things going on in freight. And that was pretty much how we started. When was this? In 2017. It would have been March of 2017 when we okay. first, we wrote our first articles and it was going well. And then Brian Strait went on vacation uh, right during the hurricane that hit Houston. If you remember those hurricane, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, remember that. I can't remember. Is that it? I can't remember what, it, what the name no, was. It? No, it's, I don't know. say Ivy, but that I don't know if it's I. It's not Ivy, Eileen or something. I can't remember. Yeah, I remember. It, Sorry if I you live in Budweiser Houston. Budweiser right? water loads afterwards that we made a lot of money on. <laughs> yeah, right. So, anyways, we so he had gone on vacation, and uh, I had ran FEMA's disaster logistics for U.S. Express when I when I worked for the family business twenty years ago, and. I just had experience understanding how hurricanes, because in these days, uh, this is the very earliest days when the government started using private contractors to do disaster relief. Before that, it was all done by the, the military and FEMA. And at this point, they sort of outsourced all that. So we were on the sort of, we were the very first sort of participants in the market for hurricane relief. And I had been on the ground of these disaster programs where you have hundreds of trucks on the ground and we'd ran logistics physically in the market. And so I wrote an op-ed on freight waves under Brian Strait's name about the hurricane and it just blew up the site and hundreds of thousands of views. And it was, it was just massive. And I think I wrote two or three more articles in the same sort of response. I'd never considered myself a good writer. I mean, I'd always gotten like C's in English and never knew how to write. And as I, as I started and he came back from vacation, he was really angry that I used his name. Like it was like a thing, like this isn't my article. And then I started writing basically with no name. And I found that the stuff that I was writing was really resonating with the audience. And I realized, okay, there is a desire for news and information written from someone who has been sort of on the ground and is sort of understands both the macro sort of picture of freight and how it works in the economy but also sort of the micro, like, okay, take this concept of what this war or what this hurricane or what COVID means and put it in a way that I, as a freight person, whether I'm a broker or a driver, can understand how that's going to impact my business. And I realized that didn't exist really. Like if you look at the traditional publications in freight media, and they do a good job for what they're good at, like transport topics is a really good, if you're if you're concerned about What's happening in Washington around public policy? They do a really good job covering it, and they'll always do a better job than we will, because that they have they're a lobbyist organization and they talk to members of Congress. But oh, really? when it when it comes to market information of like what's what is happening right now, that simply just didn't exist before we arrived, and because of it is particularly the the freight brokers, not the drivers and not the carriers and not the shippers, the freight brokers really didn't have information about what was happening. 
They were largely left out of the topic. And over the last 20 years, freight brokerage has become a massively big industry. And yet no one was really speaking at it from the idea that this is a market and think price is changing. There's a lot of things impacting it. And that was where we realized it was a huge opportunity. And that's how Freightways really, really got going. We realized, okay, we're onto something here. 